Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book at least 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 16. I wanted to go back to Hebrews 11, verse 6, before we get to 13. <laughs> and this was last episode complaining air quotes complaining about oh it's such a short passage and now we're spilling over to this episode jonathan like, why did why why did we make this decision justin <laughs> why did we all right let's let's look at what is it you said verse six you said yeah and without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to god must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him mm -hmm. um so faith Faith, if we understand faith is loyalty, allegiance, faithfulness, right? Not merely belief, but this over-encompassing trust in the word of God so that you actually do that which the word of God says because there is this underlying trust and loyalty. Then how does faith actually manifest and land if you don't first believe that he exists, that he is, and that he's actually the good giver of gifts? Right. If one, there is no God, well, you can't believe any word that's said from that deity, so you would never move in that direction. I'm not I'm not uh, moved in one way, shape, or form by the words of Thor or mm -hmm. the words of Loki or whatever the case is. You can, you can tell which mythology is in my mind right yeah, now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Norse mythology. Norse mythology. But uh, because I don't even believe that those things are real, I'm not moved in any sense of allegiance towards those individuals. Mm -hmm. And even if I did believe that they were real, mm -hmm. I don't know if Loki is the one that I want to trust because mm -hmm. he's kind of just playful and he screws you screws you over every time yeah, he gets a chance of, to. Yeah, mischief. Yeah, mis mischief. I was going to say the god of mischievousness. That would be There's true. There's a better word. Mischief. <laughs> um, well, I think what I want to turn on its head, if I can, is Hebrews 11, 6. When we read that, we always localize it first within us as though, oh, if I don't have faith, I cannot please God. Ah, okay. However, I always want to go back to the gospel always begins with the person of Jesus, right? It always mm. begins with Christology. It's really important. And so that without faith, well, Faith as an entity or faith as a thing, faith as a category, it first exists and is localized somewhere. And that faith first is localized in the person of Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith. Mm -hmm. 
So without the loyalty, faithfulness and allegiance of God to us, it is impossible for us to actually have faith back to him. Interesting. If we are unwilling to accept the revelation as found in the person of Jesus, faith as a as an even as an idea becomes impossible. Yeah, 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 because it's first his allegiance, his faithful his faithfulness, his loyalty to his hesed, hmm. right? His everlasting yeah. love towards us. I think the paradigm that you offered in the last episode was you give back to God what he has given to you. But if you don't believe that you've give, been given anything by God, then yeah. faith is this thing where it's performance that you just got to jump over the bar, that you just got to be good enough. And that's, that's a losing it. proposition every yeah. single time. And so you miss the mark um. because anything done apart from faith is sin. sin. You see how that works? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why... Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Can you break that down in the simplicity of it? Because, I mean, we... That without faith, it is impossible yeah, just, to please God? Just how we arrive at that conclusion of that you see how anything done apart from faith is sin. When you're moving apart from his allegiance, his loyalty, his faithfulness, mm. it is sin. Well, without faith, you are the brother who offers up vegetables. I always forget which one it is. Cain. Cain. Cain's the bad one. Cain kills, right? Mm-hmm. Cain kills Abel. That's the way it works. There's the alliteration. <laughs> That's so funny because I have the same problem with the numbers in front of books in the Bible, right? I'm almost like, is that 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So without faith, you're like Cain, trying to offer, trying to please a deity on the works of your own hands mm-hmm. whereas if you have faith that there's a lamb that's already provided and you're just returning the lamb then you're actually living by faith you're living by the very word that was spoken over you instead and, and you see how it is sin because you're participating in, in a domain and in a reality and you're framing the world devoid of the faithfulness allegiance and loyalty of god interesting there's there's a certain sense in which when you try to produce faith on your own these are air quotes when you try to produce faith in the way that cain does that you're insulting god that uh, you are there's some kind of negative verb here to god well it's certainly you are i think the verbiage is helpful just scripture that you're participating in sin Mm -hmm. and if sin is lawlessness you're actually missing something Mm -hmm. that is provided for you Mm -hmm. and in missing the thing that is provided for you you're missing the mark Mm. right so you are not in allegiance and in covenant with god which is another um word for sin in the old testament you have hatat pesha awan and evan um and hatat um sin sacrifice sin uh missing the mark i think Pesha is the high-handed rebellious and Avon is the breaking of uh, like a contractual covenant. So Mm -hmm. you are um, breaking confidence with somebody. So when you miss the mark, you are breaking confidence with the person. So how can there be allegiance, loyalty, and faithfulness if you don't actually trust the person and you're moving contrary to an agreement that you've made with them? Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that without faith, without his faithfulness, seated in you that gives way to your faithfulness back to him without love awakening love how can you actually please and be pleasing to god if you're moving contrary to that which he has given you Mm. right Mm -hmm. so that's the point uh and one of the people that actually moves positively in this regard is abraham yeah i've i've really enjoyed or uh I've really like you know just been impacted by this story at least the way that this story is told cuz I remember my first year kind of as a committed Christian just trying to figure out my life mm-hmm. 
And there was a very real sense, at least in my mind, in which following God had a cost mm-hmm. and it meant almost to the scorn of those that I loved and treasured. I think that my parents might disagree with the reason why I came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. But at least in the moment, the, 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 the fork in the road was I need to be faithful to God at the behest of my parents, almost risking, if not actually, in my mind, mm-hmm. I was actually risking being disowned by my mm-hmm. family because the thing in particular was I was supposed to go to college mm-hmm. and yet the call and invitation of God was to go to this other place that was non-accredited. My parents, Souls West, yeah, yeah. I, I ended up going to that Bible college. Did you I, end up going to college? I, I ended up getting a marketing degree online oh, afterwards. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was able to present it as a Christmas yeah. gift to my mother. You're like, here's my offering. <laughs> it was very much that way. Now, now stop complaining. Yeah. <laughs> but the point being is that I really enjoyed Abraham's story because it was a story, at least that's described of, God, I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go because yeah. this was the prayer of my of, of that season of my life. God, I just, I just want to do your will. I just want to follow you. Show me where to go. And God's like, cool, all right, pick up your mat, let's go. And I'm like, all right, great, where? He's like, don't worry about it, just go. Yeah, and what's really interesting is that has there been a time in your life since you received the call where you, how do I frame this? Where I need I the want... destination in mind? Um, not only did if you knew the destination in mind, but that you doubted that there was a call on your life. Hmm. Now, no. Yeah, which is interesting because I get that question a lot on social, like, how do I know? What's my dis- what's my purpose? What's my and there's just I, I resonate with that experience a lot because yeah. for years I lived there, and now no, like yeah, g- genuinely zero hun- questions. There was a hundred percent call on your life. Yeah, hundred percent. Did you know the clarity of the call? Uh, at that time, no, no. Did you like looking back now? Did you waver in your call? Did I waver in my call? Like, I know the answer to that. I hope you do. What do you mean by waiver? Did you move? You're like, oh, maybe not. Maybe it was all made up. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. Not at all. No, right? This Mm -hmm. is so instructional, right? Because watch this. Did you know the fullness of the call? Absolutely not. Still don't know the fullness. Still don't know, right? right? (laughs) And had you been told then what it actually turns out to be now, would you have believed it? Probably not. I would have hoped for it. Right? Hoped in a wishfulness sense. And yet, you never wavered, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You pursued the call because you believed it was yours. Mm-hmm. And yet, in relationship to the faithfulness of God, if I could speak to this, you were dead wrong. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like freedom from sin. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I was lacking the raw materials, uh, the information, the doctrine, the fill in the blank. I was wrong about the, the who, who God is, and yet... You 100% answered the call. Yeah. You didn't waver. Mm-hmm. You pursued it and you moved. Mm. Does that sound familiar? 100% answered the call. Didn't move. Didn't waver. Dead wrong on he how he was going to get the baby. <laughs> Sounds like Abraham. And this is what I think Romans 4 is pointing at. Like when people read Romans 4 and they're like, well, it's obvious that Abraham doubted. How else did he have ha- like uh, Hagar? Yeah, it's yeah. obvious that he wavered. This is God calling the things that are not as though they are. Mm-mm. Like, No. God's not a liar. God's not a liar. Abraham was 100% sincere sincere in his heart. Mm -hmm. He didn't know the end from the beginning. So Mm -hmm. he was pursuing Uh in a way that he thought made sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that's a and you know that when we did Romans Uh chapter four, this is something I brought out. Uh Like I was like, we cannot make God some sort of magician that is ultimately calling reality not reality. Right. He is not illogical. Yeah. A is a. A is not A. Stop, right? So when you see here... A is not not A. Yeah, A is not not A, right? Thank you. When you see here, um, 
He responds to the call, not knowing where he was going, verse 8 by 9. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. He's looking forward to it. Did he know it clearly? Nope. How he was going to get there? Nope. But he postured his heart toward it. Mm-hmm. On the way, Sarah was like, hey, Hagar. Right, Because on the way, they went down to Egypt. On the way, something else got introduced. But did his heart waver in the promise? No. Did his heart waver in faith Mm-mm. and actually obeying the Lord? Like, <clears throat> Was his obedience somewhat misguided? Sure. Yes, but was it nonetheless obedience? Mm. Right? And so this is the place where it's like, oh, well, then Jesus takes that obedience, sanctifies it for us, and presents it to God. Like, Yeah, all right, cool. But let's just remark on the fact that his obedience is marked in his will that's postured towards the willingness of God that doesn't need to be presented as other than what it is. Look, he was obedient. Yeah, yeah. I I think what's so cool about this is that God sees your heart. 100%. This is one of those things that we're trying to sanctify the outside. And God's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Look at the heart. It's right there. The outside sucks. You're you're, you're screwing up everything, but it's okay. Like your heart's in the right place. And I think that's the thing is like... and, and I'm sure you'll 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 see this more and more. I'm I'm getting glimpses of it now with Maddie. Is that you can tell the posturing of a heart, mm-hmm. and there's a difference between oh you you trip but you didn't mean to trip mm-hmm. versus like you know you're just being a, a punk. Yeah, that was like the other day at the beach where he kept. What was it that he kept grabbing? And you're like, no, nope. And he kept like grabbing something and throwing it. Uh huh. And then he kept looking at you, and it was almost like, to, can I do it this way? <laughs> like he looked at every single way that he could do this thing that you were telling him not yeah, to do. I think there was a toy you wanted to hit someone with. Or something yeah, right. Until he realized, like, oh, you don't want me to at all, at all. <laughs> and then he just kind of put it down, like, oh, okay, just kind of walks away, right? Good boy. Yeah. But the heart was postured towards dad. What is it that you want? Yeah. Like, can I do it this way? You're yeah. like, no. Can I do it that way? No. Right. But his heart was in obedience the whole time. Hmm. That's a different way to see that situation right because through flesh you would say oh man this kid just doesn't he's just not listening he just doesn't get it he's not listening yeah. no but he was like like this yeah <laughs> no. like this no like this no he puts it down like this yes okay all right and then he went away and, <laughs> and it wasn't even the thing he thought about thing. afterwards yeah, he went and did another thing yeah, yeah so yeah. look at verse 10 for he was looking forward to a city that has foundations with designer and builders god this this line right here gets me mm. verse 11 mm-hmm. by faith sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Faith for Sarah transformed her actual physical reality. Yep. Okay. Not only that, it performed, but she considered him faithful because when she did it in a way that she thought it ought to be done by giving him Hagar, she was like, oh, that's not it. Ah, interesting. Right? Uh-huh. Because she realizes that's not it. I yeah. I made a boo-boo. Yep. 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 Right? Uh-huh. She's like, this this woman will not inherit with my child. Get her out of the camp. Right? And we could talk about the validity of all of that. But that Sarah spoke that. Yeah. That is, that's in fact, faith. Like, that's, this is not That's the, wild. Because, yeah, you, you would have never looked at that story in part. Like, and it's wild. Because you could look at all the different stories of Abraham. And you could have pulled faith from any of those stories, mm-hmm. theoretically. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, sure, but like the single interaction where they're actually doing things contrary to the narrative that we accept as Christians now, mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's faith. Mm-hmm. That's the moment where faith comes alive. And, and look at the way we would see this text, because I've seen it the other way around for so long. Hmm. 
I look at Sarah and what do I see? I follow the stereotypes of the world. Hmm. A woman scorned. Uh, A woman in jealousy. mm -hmm. No, what is it? There is no wrath like the wrath of a woman scorned. (laughs) Hell hath no fury like that of a woman scorned. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we take that Adam one strategizing. Uh Uh-oh. That Adam one limitations on women and the Mm. female sex, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, this is such a key part of who they are. That's what's happening to Sarah. Hmm. She just feels so scorned, so much jealousy. She's like, no, get her out of here. And all right. That's an A reading of the text. That is an A reading of the text. And yet, when you get to Hebrews 11, it's like. pull, Pull the curtain back and actually show you what's happening. You pull the curtain back and somewhere, somewhere true, even if it's scorned, this woman sees this is not it. You know who this reminds me of? I don't know who. Jayla. Oh, yeah? Tell me. Just the narrative of a woman scorned, oh, yeah, yeah, a woman yeah. betrayed, and yet moving in obedience yeah. to don't take this personally. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of callbacks. You guys can even go watch the Death to Life sequence. There's three episodes between Eddie and Jayla. Interesting story. Yeah. But just the idea of her, don't take this personally, receive him back. Yeah. Like, faithfulness. Yeah. And yet, people hear the story through the narrative, through yeah. the lens of the Adam one of the fleshly narrative oh, yeah. and can't receive what is being said that it's actually faithfulness. Yeah. And it's crazy because Sarah received power to conceive even when she passed the age since she considered him faithful. This is telling us what she considered. Mm. So if you want to go into her psychology, like what does the text say? She considered him faithful who had promised. So she says, this is not it. There has to be another way. This is not it. Hmm. And she actually considers God faithful in spite of her mess up. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And that is a sobering idea of how gracious God is according to his plans and promises. That it's literally not predicated on human behavior. Yeah. Like he could have, if we see it through the religious lens, all of a sudden Sarah did this ugly, atrocious thing by kicking Hagar out of the camp. And she no longer should have a place in the promises of God because like, mm. ill, look how ugly yeah. you acted. Ill, look what you did to another human. Ill, look what you did to the son of your husband, if you love your husband. Mm. And yet, God, his promise is like, from Ishmael, I will make great nation, right? Like The kid's going to be blessed. I got him. Mm. The first, I think it's the first time in scripture where you see this um, language of Elroy, the one who sees, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He sees Hagar. So he brings down his love and his care and concern on Hagar, mm-hmm. his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Then he brings down his love and concern and faithfulness to the promise that still remains through Sarah. Predicated on what? Not on what Sarah did, mm-hmm. but predicated on the fact that he promised it and he is not moving. And Sarah seems to lean in on the fact that he is faithful. And in his faithfulness, there, boom, faith. Mm-hmm. That's a really good God. That's the thing. Yeah. That that the really, really good God. Yeah. Right? Cause because it's not hard to be faithful to someone who's faithful to you. It's not hard to give gifts to someone who's good to you. Mm-hmm. But what we see in God is a faithfulness that surpasses human performance. Mm-hmm. And that's that's uh, literally otherworldly. And surpasses human frailty, mm-hmm. human futility human rebelliousness mm. human antagonism mm-hmm. human hatred mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. 
like everything that the human offers the faithfulness of god takes it he's like yeah i can work with that (laughs) and turns it into something good the worst that humanity could do in literally killing god what did god say yeah yeah i can work with that (laughs) and i'll still bring good for me this and to actually believe that he's that good and to live from him being that good and him being that faithful this is faith Hmm.